0: You're listening to the Benton Heights Presbyterian Church podcast. We hope this message brings you encouragement and helps to build your faith in Jesus. We're glad you're here to listen to this message from Pastor Paul. We are continuing our sermon series through the book of Daniel, the Old Testament book of Daniel. So we've had four weeks, four chapters already. There's 12 chapters in Daniel. We're taking a chapter at a time. So we're in chapter 5 today, and what's interesting, today we live in a world that's gotten pretty small. And what I mean by that is that information travels very quickly. All of a sudden, call, text, email, social media platforms, and we are bombarded with information. And a lot of those times, that's troubling for us. It frustrates us and uh, makes us discouraged or anxious or fearful. This explains in large part the mood of the current situation it seems like the more we know the worse we feel now all that being said let's see if we can change our perspective think for a moment what it must be like to be God God knows everything he can't just cancel his internet subscription. He can't throw away his phone. He can't just ignore what's happening. God sees everything. God hears everything. God knows everything. And God has been viewing and hearing all of human conduct for all of human history. And what is going to happen in Daniel 5 is you're going to see God finally reaches his boiling point, And he's going to respond with justice. So we're going to hear about this magnificent day where God showed up with power. Many of those days in the Bible, but here's one in particular from Daniel chapter 5. We begin it this way, King Belshazzar. So now there's a new king in town. For the first four chapters, it was King Nebuchadnezzar. I'll tell you more about Belshazzar in a moment. King Belshazzar gave a great banquet For a thousand of his nobles and drank wine with them. While Belshazzar was drinking his wine, he gave orders to bring in the gold and silver goblets that Nebuchadnezzar, his father, actually his grandfather, had taken from the temple in Jerusalem, so that the king and his nobles, his wives and his concubines might drink from them. So they brought in the gold goblets that had been taken from the temple of God in Jerusalem, and the king. And his nobles, his wives, his concubines drank from them. As they drank the wine, they praised, so they had a worship service. What did they worship? The gods of gold and silver, bronze, iron, wood, and stone. We throw parties, we throw parties for God, and we call it Sunday worship they had counterfeit parties for a counterfeit God where you could do whatever your heart desires. So here is the grandson of Nebuchadnezzar. His dad is evidently away and he is ruling in his place. And Belshazzar is like a spoiled rich kid who throws a massive party while the parents are gone. Sound familiar? Maybe not for you, but it's every 80s teenage movie that was ever made, I think. And he invites his friends. And the friends invite friends. And all of a sudden, thousands of people show up. And as a result, it's wine, women, and song. But before we come down hard on them, has much changed? There are still parties where things go on that shouldn't be going on. But do you know that we even encourage it and make it acceptable? You don't think so? What's Mardi Gras all about? What about St. Paddy's Day, especially when the times we lived in Savannah? Not that we participated. Okay, never mind. What's New Year's Eve all about? Hey, it's a new year. Let's throw up. Let's just say that the spirit of Babylon is still very much at work. And did you notice In their party, what they were partying with, what were the objects by which they were getting drunk? Verse 3 tells us, the gold goblets that had been taken from the temple of God in Jerusalem, they are using the sacred objects that are supposed to be used to worship the one true God. So is there a point at which God says, okay, you've crossed the line? Evidently, God had a line. They found it. It's not going to go well for them. How long did it take? Next verse, suddenly. (laughs) Suddenly, the fingers of a human hand appeared and wrote on the plaster of the wall near the lampstand in the royal palace. So literally a spotlight and fingers. (laughs) Not a body, just a hand. Let me tell you this, that will sober you up. The king watched the hand as it wrote. His face turned pale and he was so frightened that his legs became weak and his knees were knocking. This king went from arrogant to terrified in like 2.5 seconds. The king summoned the enchanters, astrologers, and diviners, all of those that are related to the false religion. And he said to these wise men of Babylon, whoever reads this writing and tells me what it means will be clothed in purple and have a gold chain placed around his neck, and he will be made the third highest ruler in the kingdom. Whoever can tell the the answer to this writing gets a full-on lifestyle upgrade. Then all the king's wise men came in. They could not read the writing or tell the king what it meant. So King Belshazzar became even more terrified as his face grew more pale. His nobles were baffled. They have a God sized problem. The queen, hearing the voices of the king and the nobles, came to the banquet hall. Now, this queen is not Belshazzar's wife. This is actually his grandmother. This is his grandfather, Nebuchadnezzar's wife. So she would have been regarded as like the queen mother. She came into the banquet hall. May the king live forever, she said. Don't be alarmed. Don't look so pale. There is a man in your kingdom who has the spirit of the holy gods in him. He has the spirit of God in him. In the time of your father... He was found to have insight and intelligence and wisdom like that of the gods. Your father, again, grandfather, your father, King Nebuchadnezzar, appointed him chief of the magicians, enchanters, astrologers, and diviners. He did this because Daniel, whom the king called Belteshazzar, his Babylonian name, was found to have a keen mind and, understand, uh, and knowledge and understanding and was able, also the ability to interpret dreams. Let me just read what's on the screen to explain riddles and solve difficult problems. Call for Daniel, she says, and he will tell you what the writing means. She says, I know a guy. Of course she did. Her husband Nebuchadnezzar would call on him often. Well, apparently Daniel's not in service to the royal family at this moment. And by the way, he's about 80 years old in this setting. Chapter 1, when he was first captured in Jerusalem and taken to Babylon, he was a teenager. Chapter 5, some 65 years later. So maybe at this point, he's retired. He's no longer working for the government. He's kind of off to the side of history. And just like you and me, there are times when God did some Miraculous things in and through Daniel. But for the most part, his daily existence was just trying to be faithful to serve God without fanfare and supernatural events. What this is also telling us is that God is orchestrating all the events and occurrences in your life to bring you closer to him. He wants to get your attention. Because he has more for you than you have for you. One more point to make here. We saw this last week. Daniel is the one the Queen Mother has full assurance in, because the Holy Spirit resides in Daniel. Here's the point: you and I need to live our faith openly, publicly, unashamedly. If everyone else gets to be proud of their thing, we get to be proud of Jesus and everything. Now, The pressure in our culture is this. Keep your faith to yourself. It's a private matter. (laughs) Not so. It must be personal. I mean, it's got to mean something to you. You have to personally acknowledge Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, but it's not a private matter. Everybody knows who Daniel's God is. This is the one he worships, the one he prays to, the one he serves. You and I... We're still living in Babylon. There will constantly be temptations to participate in that which is evil. There will be pressure for you to not have your faith go public. And look, if somebody else doesn't know that you know God, when they need God, they won't come to you because they don't know that you know him. So in this story, they're like, we have a God-sized problem. And the queen says, well, (laughs) we need someone who knows God. Well, the, the same Holy Spirit that empowered Daniel, empowered the life of Jesus Christ, empowers the lives of the children of God to have the power of God and demonstrate the character of God. So Daniel was brought before the king and the king said to him, are you Daniel, one of the exiles my father, the king, brought from Judah? I have heard the spirit of the gods is in you. They didn't know how else to describe it. I understand, Spirit of God of the gods is in you, and you have insight, intelligence, and outstanding wisdom. The wise men and enchanters were brought before me to read this writing and tell me what it means, but they could not explain it. Now I have heard that you were able to give interpretations and to solve difficult problems. If you can read this writing and tell me what it means? You will be clothed in purple and have a gold chain placed around your neck and you will be made the third highest ruler in the kingdom. You'll be number three. It sounds impressive, doesn't it? I mean, number one is dad. Number two is Belshazzar, the the grandson. Belshazzar, rather. You'll be number three. It sounds like a promotion. It's really not. (laughs) Daniel already works For a king. He already will inherit a kingdom. And this human king and his kingdom is going to go down this night. Daniel answered the king You may keep your gifts for yourself and give your rewards to someone else. I don't work for money, fame, glory. I work for God. Nevertheless, I will read the writing for the king and tell him what it means. Your Majesty. The most high God, you know, the true king, the one who rules over everything, gave your father Nebuchadnezzar sovereignty and greatness and glory and splendor. Because of the high position he gave him, all the nations and peoples of every language dreaded and feared him. Those the king wanted to put to death, he put to death. Those he wanted to spare, he spared. Those he wanted to promote, he promoted. Those he wanted to humble, he humbled. But when his heart became arrogant and hardened with pride, he was deposed from his royal throne and stripped of his glory. Here's Daniel, the old guy, talking to the young guy and really taking him to school. Let me tell you what God has done for your family. You know, we all need encouragement, at the same time, we all need rebuke. You see, where there is sin, there is also judgment and the wrath of God, and when we are saved, we are saved from sin and from judgment and from the wrath of God. But what we're also about, about to see in this chapter are consequences, and that's not something we're even delighted to hear about in today's language. But God still gives the guilty an opportunity to repent. Belshazzar is still alive. There's a chance for him to turn from his ways, trust in God, receive forgiveness, and join Daniel in his service to the real king. Now, we were just reminded of Nebuchadnezzar's problem. It was pride. And he had become hard-hearted. You know, the first character in the Bible that was proud was Satan. Satan. And today it seems that we honor and celebrate being proud and self-serving. You'll even hear things like, you don't need to change, you're awesome. God shows up through Daniel and he says, your lifestyle is not acceptable. It may be legal, but it's not right. There's a difference. And this leads to a call to repentance. Now, this is a courageous moment In Daniel's life Uh, you think the king wanted to hear this (laughs) in front of his party in his own palace the hope is that this man's heart would not harden Daniel's still telling Belshazzar about his grandfather Nebuchadnezzar he was driven away from people and given the mind of an animal your grandpa lost his mind son for seven years we saw that last week He lived with the wild donkeys and ate grass like the ox and his body was drenched with the dew of heaven until he acknowledged that the most high God is sovereign over all kingdoms on earth and sets over them anyone he wishes. But you, Belshazzar, his son, have not humbled yourself though you knew all of this. Instead, you have set yourself up against the Lord of heaven. That's pride. You had the goblets from his temple brought to you, and you and your nobles and your wives and your concubines drank wine from them. You praised the gods of silver and gold, of bronze, iron, wood, and stone, which cannot see or hear or understand. But you did not honor the God who holds in his hands your life and all your ways. This is really about pride versus humility. In chapter 4, last week, with Nebuchadnezzar, God gave him a warning. He gave him a year to repent, apologize, turn to the Most High God, and receive forgiveness. At the end of one year, what does Nebuchadnezzar do? He's on the roof of his palace, and he's looking down on everyone else, And he's looking at all that he has built, all that he has done, all his achievements. And he loses his mind for seven years. And then at the end of chapter 4, Nebuchadnezzar said, When I looked up to the true king of heaven, my mind was returned to me. Here Daniel is saying to Belshazzar, you never looked up to God God wants you to look up to him or he's going to come down and deal with you. Let me pull a few principles from the life of Daniel and the life of Belshazzar that we've seen so far. Here are these two men that are case studies for us. Regarding Daniel, the first principle is this. Don't get caught up in power, praise, possessions, or pleasure. The king said to him, you could be third in command. <laughs> That's power. That's power. I'm going to tell everyone what you've done. That's praise. Possessions, you're going to get gold. Pleasure, here's a party. There's the harem. Here's the gold goblet filled with wine. Indulge in it all. Our human nature is sinful. We could easily be tempted by those things. But Daniel knew that they were fleeting and temporary and that the joy of the Lord is deeper and richer and never ends. The second principle we learn from Daniel is that the only way to conquer fear of man is with fear of God. Proverbs 29, 25 says, fear of man will prove to be a trap. It's a snare. How terrified would you be if you had Daniel's job at that moment? I mean, this is not a family you want to pick a fight with. Belshazzar's grandfather, Nebuchadnezzar, when he, he had his way with the Jewish people. And when they didn't obey him, like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, what happened to them? He threw them in a fiery furnace. But Daniel is gonna overcome fear of man with the fear of God. Look, I get it. There aren't many of us who like to have hard conversations with others, uh, to be in conflict, we have fear of man. But Daniel has love for his enemies because he has fear of God. So he does not fear his enemies. He just knows what is right and he seeks to do and say that which is right. A third principle. We saw this a couple of weeks ago. Because Daniel knelt before God, he is able to stand before kings. Everyone else bowed down except for Daniel and his three friends. Here we see that if you kneel before God, you can stand before kings, kneeling in prayer, kneeling in worship, demonstrating your heart's condition. And number four, Daniel doesn't edit or water down the message. He lets God speak, and Daniel simply delivers the message. Now, how about Belshazzar? What are some of the principles that we learn from him One thing we learn is that unless God is your father, it's always going to be like father, like son. You see, our world is not on a trajectory to automatically get better. It doesn't feel like this world is any more loving, safe, kind, generous, patient. The only way that people change is that they need God, and God becomes their father and they join in the family of God, and they're filled with the Holy Spirit, and they get conformed to the Son of God. That's the only way change happens. Otherwise, it's just generation after generation of evil thinking. After Nebuchadnezzar dies, his successor was murdered by his brother. They put another guy on the throne. He gets killed in battle. Well, go on down the line. Here's the grandson ruling, and what does he do? He throws a party, gets drunk, and he literally wages war against God. That's three generations of not learning from family history. A second principle we learn from Belshazzar, pride is a problem. Ultimately, this is all a result of pride. And this isn't just something that some people struggle with. We all struggle with pride. The only difference is whether or not it's a problem for us. That is, are you fighting against it or are you succumbing to it? So in what areas of your life are you proud that you look down on others, that you're defiant as if you're the exception to the rule or that you get to declare the rules by which your life is governed? A third principle, if you don't worship the Creator, you will worship the Created. They worship the gods of gold, silver, and name all the materials that were in there. Look, we're all worshipers. We're all passionate about someone or something. We all take our money and and give it somewhere. We all take our energy and invest it somewhere where this can be a created thing. We could be worshiping the environment or food or youth or beauty or family. Created things can be our income, our status, our sports team, our, our favorite hobby, our political party. We worship with religious devotion, created things. The Apostle Paul, writing in Romans 1, said this, They exchanged the truth about God for lies and worshiped and served created things rather than their creator who is forever praised Amen. What happens in idolatry is that we take a good thing and put it in God's place, thereby making it a bad thing. So I'm not saying that food or relationships or pets or jobs are bad things. They just make for bad gods. And then the fourth principle. They used holy vessels in an unholy way. Today, if you belong to Jesus Christ, you are under the rulership of King Jesus. So to further this analogy, you know what God's holy vessels are today? You are. I'll prove it to you. The Apostle Paul in 2 Timothy chapter 2 says this, Now in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay, some for honorable use, some for dishonorable. Therefore, If anyone cleanses himself from what is dishonorable, he will be a vessel for honorable use, set apart as holy, useful to the master of the house, ready for every good work. You are God's holy vessels. So if we're God's holy vessels... We constantly need repentance, holiness, change for God to cleanse us to be his rightly used vessels. And here's what I want you to know. It doesn't matter how dirty you've made the vessel. Jesus is the one who can make it clean. He comes to forgive your sins and he does that by dying on the cross in your place for your sins. Maybe some of you think I can't serve God because I'm too dirty. You're haunted with guilt and shame and condemnation for mistakes, errors, sins, flaws, faults, failures of your past. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's 1 John 1.9. The one thing that Belshazzar doesn't do is repent of his sins. He's never made clean. So there are two men here. The point is you can be like this one or like this one. God welcomes you to receive his kingdom, to be a part of of King Jesus's kingdom so that you can be filled with his spirit. The story concludes you, Daniel's still talking to Belshazzar, you praised the gods of silver and gold, of bronze, iron, wood, and stone, which cannot see or hear or understand But you did not honor the God who holds in his hand your life and all your ways. Let me just say, you never know how much time you have. Therefore, he sent the hand that wrote the inscription. This is the inscription that was written. And then it's in Aramaic. Mene, mene, tekel, parson. Here's what these words mean, Daniel says. Mene, God has numbered the days of your reign and brought it to an end. It's now over. It took years to build this empire and God's gonna shut it down in minutes. Tackle, you have been weighed on the scales and found wanting. Your life, God's not pleased, Daniel's telling him. Perez, your kingdom is divided and given to the Medes and Persians. These are two people groups that came together to fight against the common enemy, the Babylonians. So Daniel gave the meaning of the inscription then at Belshazzar's command. Daniel was clothed in purple. He, you know, he lived out his end of the bargain too. He was clothed in purple, a gold chain was placed around his neck. He was proclaimed the third highest ruler in the kingdom. Yay, Daniel gets to be third in a kingdom that's going to be gone in like three hours. The prophecy has been given. It'll be fulfilled that very night. Belshazzar, king of the Babylonians, was slain. And Darius the Mede took over the kingdom at the age of 62. A new king. We'll hear more about him next week. You know, you read this. And some people want to judge God. We forget that God is the judge. So some people will say, "Well, I don't like God doing this." In the same way, criminals don't like the cops. It's not necessarily the police's fault when you act in a criminal way. So someone says, "This is exactly why I can't worship the God of the Bible. He's harsh, he's mean, he's violent let me say what the book of Daniel has been telling us. God is patient. <laughs> let me prove it to you. 150 years before Daniel, the prophet Isaiah said, a prophecy against Babylon that Isaiah, son of Amos, saw. See, I will stir up against them, against the Babylonians. This is God speaking through Isaiah. I will stir up against them the Medes. Medes and Persians, who do not care for silver and have no delight in gold. Their bows will strike down the young men. They will have no mercy on infants, nor will they look with compassion on children. Babylon, the jewel of kingdoms, the pride and glory of the Babylonians will be overthrown by God like Sodom and Gomorrah. Daniel was well aware of the teachings of Isaiah. And he would have taught them. Okay. This is what's coming. And God waits 150 years. So I'm not shocked that God judges them. I'm shocked that God waited 150 years. You see, when we do wrong and we get judgment, we call that right. When we do wrong and Jesus gets the judgment, we call that grace. God says, look, I I told you 150 years ago. And then I reminded you a hundred years later through the prophet Jeremiah. Jeremiah has a a very similar passage that he talks about what's going to happen to Babylon. And he mentions, in fact, three generations, a grandfather, a son, and a grandson. This was 50 years before Daniel. So God says, look, I I gave it to you 150 years ago through Jeremiah. I gave it to you 50 years ago through Jeremiah. From Isaiah to Jeremiah. Then God sends Daniel. And then God sends a dream to Nebuchadnezzar that Daniel interprets. And what was that dream? That the Babylonian Empire will come to an end, and the next empire along the path is the Medo Persian Empire. Daniel kept saying, This is where we're headed. The royal family kept saying, Nah, we don't believe in God. Look, God tells us there is a judgment to come. God tells us that there is heaven and hell. God tells us that there is life beyond the grave. God only speaks the truth. The Bible is God's word, it only leads to the truth. We all need forgiveness. We all need Jesus. Jesus is the only one who can take your sin and make you clean. So who are you going to follow? Who are you going to worship? Do you know Jesus? Do you love Jesus? Have you given him your sin? Are you asking him to make you a holy vessel and to fill you with the Holy Spirit? If you receive Jesus and repent of your sin, your future is secure in God's hands. My job is to tell you the truth. Your job is to make the most important decision that you'll ever make. We hope you enjoyed the message. You can connect with us on Instagram, Facebook, our website, bhprez.org, And subscribe to our YouTube channel to stay up to date on all our latest content.